are suppliers being bullied by buyers to accept steep discounts on their bills in exchange for early payment? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. It's been suggested that supply chain finance is little more than an excuse for buyers of goods and services to whittle down their bills while squeezing suppliers' profit margins. Supposedly, a powerful buyer will either stretch out payment terms to the breaking point or will pay promptly while wrangling a discount from the supplier. But that scenario doesn't fairly describe the expanding world of supply chain finance today. The option exists to benefit both parties in a transaction, according to my guest, P.J. Bain, CEO of Prime Revenue. He's going to help us understand the dynamics of supply chain finance and the various ways in which it can be applied to help companies improve their cash flow, optimize payment terms, make better use of working capital, and shrink the cash conversion cycle. As for suppliers, he says, supply chain finance represents the cheapest and fastest way to get paid early, providing crucial liquidity in the face of economic uncertainty. So let's hear the argument in my conversation with P.J. Bain. P.J. Bain, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bob. It's a pleasure to be here. Huge fan of the work of supply chain brain as well as your work. Let's get started with a definition so we know exactly what it is we're talking about. The phrase or the term supply chain finance, what does that mean to you as it relates to supplier relations and payments with suppliers? Well, supply chain finance helps companies to strategically improve cash flow by allowing companies that are at the top of the supply chain, buyers, to optimize payment terms with their suppliers, while at the same time giving suppliers a way to get paid early by a third party, typically a financial institution or a bank. One of the ways that we describe what supply chain finance does, it actually disconnects when a buyer pays from when a supplier elects to get paid. And by better managing when the suppliers are paid, buyers free up cash that would otherwise be trapped within the supply chain. Likewise, by allowing suppliers to get paid early, suppliers can accelerate their own cash flow. Working capital is improved by both parties. The cash conversion cycle is reduced by both parties. And so by doing that, cash that was previously trapped within the supply chain is unlocked for both the buyer and the supplier. And that's cash that can be reinvested back into their businesses, can fund strategic initiatives like paying down debt, funding innovation, M&A activity, expansion into new markets or new categories, creating new jobs, hiring new resources. It can take different forms, can it not? I mean, you can have the basic thing where you say in exchange for a discount – We'll pay you early. There's that simple thing. Or you can have an intermediary step in and take over the AR, the accounts receivable, and pay the supplier on the buyer's behalf. So are we talking about all different options here when we when we talk about supply chain finance? I, I think that you are. I think that the traditional method of supply chain finance can be confusing to people because it covers such a broad range of categories. We typically consider supply chain finance 
as enhancing the relationship. So at Prime Revenue, the way that we deploy supply chain finances, we are enhancing the, the existing buyer-supplier relationship as opposed to disintermediating that relationship. We would consider an intermediary stepping in between and managing those payment flows completely by sort of breaking the the linkage or the communication between the buyer supplier as disintermediating that relationship, which can have negative consequences, both intended and unintended. Okay, but with all the advantages that you just described, there are a lot of buyers who don't adopt this. In fact, what they're more likely to do is simply stretch out payment terms to the supplier, thereby jeopardizing the supplier's financial stability. Why is supply chain finance not more widely employed? That's a great question. We feel like it's probably the most efficient way to finance operations, both for the buyer and for the supplier. I think being able to provide supply chain finance is a significant risk mitigant to constituents from the largest suppliers in the supply chain to the smallest suppliers in the supply chain. I think that there's a misconception around the difficulties associated with onboarding the suppliers, which is the case in many instances where there's a disintermediation between the buyer and the supplier, where there may be an intermediary. Uh, One of the things that the approach that we've taken, we automate that process for dozens and dozens of banks around the world, regardless of the currency and regardless of the size of the supplier. So we take that onus and that complexity and that friction out by leveraging the technology platform that we have on a global basis. And hopefully that will reduce the fear, uncertainty, and doubt that has traditionally been associated with bank-led supply chain finance programs because of the regulatory and the compliance and all of the issues that the banks have to deal with. And it's just not scalable on a massive basis the way that you can scale by leveraging technology. There's also this misperception, I guess you would certainly term it as such, but there is a wide perception out there that supply chain finance is a form of the buyer bullying the supplier into accepting terms that the supplier really has no choice but to accept because very often the power dynamic does favor the buyer. How would you answer that? Well, I think any thought of bullying likely comes from a lack of understanding or a lack of education around supply chain finance and what the real benefits are. Now, I will say that like just about any other business process or business leverage or business intelligence or business tool, supply chain finance is a tool. And that tool can be used for good or for bad. It can be used by bad actors for bad purposes, but that's far, far, far the exception, not the rule. At Prime Revenue and with our clients, supply chain finance allows buyers to align payment terms with industry benchmarks and given the economic conditions in a way that gives very powerful tools to the suppliers as well. And those tools allow the suppliers to manage their own cash flow In fact, when appropriately designed and and appropriately implemented, supply chain finance is actually the most efficient way for companies to finance their business because they're unlocking cash that they have already earned. And I think it's an important point Mm -hmm. to realize that with the concept of bullying, buyers actually need their suppliers to be successful. Innovative and competitive companies and especially during periods of mass transformation. I've spent the past week in Europe and I met with probably 35 or 40 corporate clients. And uncertainty, volatility, 
those are words that you hear frequently. And so during those times, the supply chain needs a great deal of agility. And so we try to make sure that our clients, both buyers and suppliers, have the tools that they need to be agile in environments of uncertainty and volatility, which increases transparency. It increases collaboration. It increases communication. And those are the types of things that supply chain finance does when appropriately designed and appropriately deployed. It seems like we're living in a world where payment terms are getting extended all around. In fact, the buyers themselves are under pressure from their customers who are extending payment terms to them as they turn around and do the same thing to suppliers. Is that the case? Is that a general trend you see? And I wonder why that is. Why are companies so desperate to hold on to their cash longer these days? Well, I think it ties back into one of the comments that I just made, which is we are living in a world of ever-increasing uncertainty and ever-increasing volatility. And those, the, the best hedge against uncertainty and volatility is cash, accelerating the cash that you have or delaying the payments that you have. Now, at Prime Revenue, one of the things that we do is we have tremendous amounts of data to back up the decisions and to sort of manage supply chains to a point of efficiency. We would say that the appropriate way is not to manage a terms extension, but to optimize your cash conversion cycle. And we really look with our clients, we look at the cash conversion cycle holistically. In fact, our long-term vision is to collapse the global cash conversion cycle to zero days. We don't pick that point arbitrarily. If you think about the three legs of working capital, DSO, days sales outstanding, days payable outstanding, DPO, and days inventory outstanding, DIO, the better that companies can manage their cash conversion cycle to zero days, the more efficient that their cash conversion cycle is across those three legs of working capital, meaning that they are better positioned to be able to invest the money that they have already earned into their businesses to fund operations, to expand their business, to innovate, to acquire, to grow their businesses and create more jobs than having all of that cash trapped within the supply chain. You really think that zero days is a goal that can be achieved? A reasonable I think it goal. is a reasonable goal. And I think that when you think about it on a global basis and when you think about it holistically, one of the great things that we've been able to witness at Prime Revenue over the last decade is we've gone multiple layers within multiple supply chains. So when you have the opportunity to see maybe an end, some of the largest companies in the world that are delivering products all over the world to consumers and the multiple layers, they're going to purchase finished goods, manufactured products, white goods, uh, apparel, automobiles, and distribute those products on a global basis. Well, there's multiple tiers in all of those supply chains. And if you can better manage zero days in a cash conversion cycle holistically across an entire supply chain, that's massively efficient. We're doing the things in the financial supply chain that occurred in the physical supply chains of businesses as the industrial engineering revolution took place during the second half of the last century. All of those efficiencies across the physical supply chain, those same concepts can be applied to the financial supply chain and accelerating that cash through the financial supply chain absolutely can be managed to a zero-day cash conversion cycle. 
Now, early payment to suppliers is usually tied to so-called dynamic discounting. And I'm just wondering if you could generalize, what is the range of discounts that suppliers are accepting in exchange for early payment? First, it's probably important to point out that dynamic discounting is different than supply chain finance. Dynamic discounting is a solution that gives buyers more flexibility to choose how and when to pay their suppliers in exchange for a lower price for the goods and services purchased, the dynamic component refers to the option to provide discounts based on the dates of payment to suppliers. In most cases, the earlier the payment is made, the greater the discount. So dynamic discounting enables buying organizations and their suppliers to initiate early payment discounts on an invoice-by-invoice basis, and the solution allows both parties to view invoices through web-based platforms typically, but it also is usually a trade negotiation where the higher the invoice discount rate, the more benefit that goes back to one party, the buyer. There's not a win-win solution. It's a, it is a zero-sum game. So there's a negotiation back and forth. So those dynamic discounting rates can typically go much higher. They can go very high because one party is trying to negotiate better on behalf of the other. So you're talking about ad valorem or a discount off of the face value of an invoice. And so it's not unusual to see discount rates in the double digits and sometimes well into the the double digits, 20% or 30%, because you're talking about a discount off of the face value of an invoice, which can be calculated as a very high APR. Supply chain finance, on the other hand, actually injects financial institutions or banks into the network or into the marketplace that are purchasing the invoices from the suppliers. And the way that prime revenue manages our marketplace is we isolate, because of the transparency that we have all the way into the accounting system of the buyer, we isolate the risk to the buyer default risk for financial institutions that will underwrite that risk. So we fund into two very distinct markets today. The first is what we call the enterprise market, which are large, global, multi-billion dollar organizations, typically publicly traded or have public debt, typically investment grade. And it's not unusual to see sub 1% APR financing rates in the financing of those invoices. We also fund into the middle market, and those may be higher priced risk, appropriately so, because as you go deeper into the middle market with companies, say, in the sales turnover range of $100 million to $2 billion, they're most likely not public companies. They may be private companies. They may be sub-investment grade, or they may be non-rated businesses. And we typically see supply chain financing discount rates anywhere from 3% APR, maybe to 5 to 7.5% on the APR basis, considerably, considerably less than discounting the face value of a 30-day invoice by 1%, which would turn into a 12% APR. But even with supply chain finance, though, the supplier ends up getting less than the face value of the invoice, even if, as you say, it's only maybe 3 to 5%. There's still a discount attached to it in Absolutely. some way. There is an exchange of value for receiving payment as early as immediately. As I mentioned a minute ago, okay. supply chain financing is the most efficient form of financing a business can use for its operations. And the reason why that's the case is, 
is because of the way that we create the transparency by leveraging our technology. We create date certain, some certain irrevocable obligation to pay that the buyer is going to extinguish at the maturity date of that invoice. And the supplier can elect to sell that invoice or not sell that invoice. So the supplier does not have to elect to receive early payment. So if they want to receive 100% of the face value, they can. But I would actually argue that in many instances, that is a much less efficient way than getting paid early at the financing cost of supply chain finance isolated to the buyer default risk of their buyer. And the reason that I would say that is one of the arguments that we hear, for example, is, well, we're flush with cash. We don't necessarily need to sell our invoices early. In business... This is a supplier talking when you say that? This is a supplier talking. And so as a supplier, I'm a CEO of a company. As a CEO, my board and my shareholders want to make sure that I'm deploying our capital to create a return on that investment. And so if I'm flush with cash and I'm financing my business out of the cash that's in our coffers, I'm funding the business off of equity. And equity is going to be the least efficient method of financing the business. So we really feel like there's a good balance between the two. And the place for supply chain finance, if suppliers have access to it, it's hard to be more efficient than being able to finance your operations with all of the technology and transparency and the risk being isolated as much as it is, where we can actually source the cheapest source of financing across the buyer-supplier relationship to make sure that the process is extremely efficient for both the buyer and the supplier, even though the supplier is having to take a discount off of the face value of the invoice to sell that invoice. On top of which, I wonder how many suppliers, especially medium to small suppliers these days, are indeed flush with cash. That isn't a, more often not. I think it's, it's the opposite, which, which leads me to ask the question, of how do you strike that perfect balance between the acceptable discount that, the, that will benefit the supplier through early payment and a discount that will actually cut into their profitability and their stability and their viability on a long-term basis. That must be a a bit of a challenge. Well, it is, but the market dynamics are at play in everything that we do. So we work with our buyers to source appropriately priced credit to be able to finance their supply chain finance program wherever in the world that supply chain finance program is going to support suppliers. So today we support 30,000 plus suppliers in over 75 countries around the world. We're transacting business in 25 plus currencies. And all of that is supported by nearly 100 banks around the world that will come in and underwrite the credit of the buyers. And the suppliers, the way that we run supply chain finance is we don't believe that terms should be mandated to the supplier in terms of you have to take advantage of the supply chain finance program. You must finance your invoices. That benefits the funders. It benefits the banks. It doesn't benefit the trading partners with the buyers or the suppliers because it's ultimately going to force the supplier to make decisions. And so we've taken the approach that we want to have a great deal of transparency in the information that's available. We want the market dynamics to be at play so that the credit risk is appropriately priced. It's one of the big advantages of a multi-funder network, the way that we run supply chain finance programs. We always have multiple funders that are available to be able to provide that 
underwriting of the credit, the cost of the credit for the buyer programs. And then the buyers have the election to sell the receivables or not. And so if they feel like the credit is not appropriately priced, they don't need to sell their invoices earlier and they can go use other sources of financing. We typically see between a 70 and 90% uptake on most of our programs. So that just sort of indicates that we're doing some of the things the right way and the market dynamics are reinforcing that the suppliers do see value in getting early payment discount. A great proof point to that point is a client of ours, Electrical Components International. They're a major supplier to the world's leading home appliance and specialty industrial manufacturers. In the middle of the global financial crisis in late 2008, late customer payments began to really threaten the health of the business. Supply chain finance proved to be a lifeline for ECI. Their CFO has stated that they probably would not have survived if it wasn't for the vendor financing programs that they had access to through the global financial crisis, which accelerated $25 million in cash flow to them, allowing them to maintain business continuity through some of the toughest economic times in the past century. Well, you know, uh, eventually we're going to get another economic downturn. I don't know when it's going to come, but it's inevitable. And I guess at that time, perhaps more companies will be attracted to the option of supply chain finance. But PJ Bain, I want to thank you so much for helping us to understand just what supply chain finance is today, what role it plays, what benefits it offers to suppliers and buyers alike. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Bob. I really appreciate the opportunity to spend some time with you. And thanks for the great work that you're doing to educate the markets. That was my conversation with PJ Bain of Prime Revenue, talking about the benefits of supply chain finance to both buyers and suppliers. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming and downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time. <laughs>